Uh, welcome into the Stop and Pop podcast. How you doing today? It's great to be with you. It is July 22nd, 2020. I am back. It's been way too long since I lasted a podcast. Way too long. Uh, but I am glad to be back today. I'm super excited today because we are now one week, as of tomorrow, one week away from the NBA's restarted season. So obviously, there's been a ton of storylines the past couple of weeks as we quickly approach uh, the July 30th uh, restart date down in Orlando. So we have two really, really compelling matchups uh, on, on, I guess you would call it, reopening night for the NBA. Uh, so I'm going to break down those matchups for you today. Got lots to talk about regarding the four teams that we're going to be seeing on night number one down in Orlando for this restart. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. Once again, it's great to be with you. Hope you've been enjoying your summer so far. Hope you your family are staying healthy. Uh, it's been about a month since I last did a podcast, but now with the NBA season just one week from tomorrow, uh, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to rip. This is going to be, of course, an incredibly unique situation, being down in the bubble, uh, being that there, there's no fans in the stands, being that right now in a normal year, we'd be pretty much at the heart of NBA free agency. And instead of NBA free agency, instead of, you know, of course, having the draft that would have been in June, uh, we're playing meaningful basketball games and we're gearing up for the playoffs, which should have been in a normal year over and done with by now. You know, we, we, we'd have a champ by now, you know, it may, whoever it be. Uh, we'd have a champ right now, we'd be in the draft, we'd be in free agency, and instead, we have one of the most unique situations in the history of sports. We're going to have NBA playoffs going on in the middle of the summer, we're going to have baseball regular season starting up actually uh, tomorrow, we're going to have, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs going on as well, an expanded Stanley Cup playoffs, in fact, and pretty soon, before you know it, we're going to have... NFL football. So it's going to be absolute mayhem. Uh, it's going to be absolute madness, but I'm super, super excited for all of it. And again, you know, the NBA, uh, we've got two really key compelling matchups on night number one. So we're going to get right into it today. Lots to talk about. We have, of course, the first matchup, which is going to be the Utah Jazz. There is no home run away team, of course, now down in the bubble. But the Utah Jazz going up against the New Orleans Pelicans. And then in the nightcap, we're going to have the Battle of LA round four between the Lakers and the Clippers. So far, the Clippers took the first two meetings. And then the final meeting between the two sides, um, right before all of this happened, right before all the virus stuff happened and the shutdown, uh, that matchup actually went to the Lakers. So right now, the Clippers have the upper hand two games to one in the season series. But we're going to get round four and the final round, at least in the regular season, of that matchup coming up on opening reopening night, July 30th. So we'll start with the first game, though. And that, again, is the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans. So this, of course, will be the first game that we are seeing from all these teams, but from the Utah Jazz, since the moment that really kind of ended it all for the NBA, or at least delayed it all for the NBA and delayed all sports. And that was, of course, the now infamous Rudy Gobert moment where Rudy Gobert, just minutes, merely minutes before tip-off between the Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, Gobert was not set to play in that game. You know, at the time, 
back on March, what was it, 10th or 11th, it was described as just an illness. It wasn't described as coronavirus, but at the time we knew Rudy, Rudy Gobert had an illness of some sort. Uh, he was going to be held out from that nice game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, and then minutes before tip-off, the game was set to go. Minutes before tip-off, a trainer ran out into the court, um, kind of delayed the game from there, and then we found out just very shortly afterwards that Gobert had tested positive for coronavirus, and he was the first known case. And I say known because, of course, we have no idea with all of the people that have been asymptomatic, and, and we know this is a virus where you can have it and just show completely no signs of it. So we have no idea if Rudy Gobert was really the first person in the NBA to have coronavirus. I highly doubt that that is the case. But at the time, we all blamed Gobert. We all hated Gobert. His fault because we saw what he did at the press conference a couple of days prior where he was making light of the situation, not really taking things seriously, touching everything, touching everybody. And of course, it comes out that he has coronavirus and the world hates Rudy Gobert. Um, but that, again, you know, that was the moment where it all really went downhill for not just the NBA, and of course, Adam Silver stepping in, canceling the season from there, or suspending the season from there, rather. But all sports, you know, all sports soon followed after that. Hockey, uh, baseball did as well, of course, the NCAA March Madness Tournament. Um, so this is going to be the first time, and I think for the Jazz, it's particularly important. It really is, because... You know, for every team, of course, after this four-month layoff here, you know, four-and-a-half, really, month layoff here, uh, there, you know, there's going to be some some rust. There's going to be some, you know, level of, you know, guys just not being really in game shape yet. You know, it, you might not see the highest quality of basketball being played right from the jump. But I think for the Jazz, it's particularly important for this team to get out night number one against the Pelicans and really put together a nice showing, you know, really look, really look good on, on the opening night back because, A, it's the first game for any team that we're going to see. You know, the Utah Jazz and the Pelicans, this is the first game that, the first NBA game that actually matters, not just, a, you know, a scrimmage, that we're going to see since the shutdown. So all eyes are going to be on this game. This game is going to get massive, massive ratings, you know, of course, so will the nightcap between the Lakers and the Clippers, but this game being that it is the first game we, we have seen in over four months, all eyes are going to be on this team. And I really do think it's quite important for the Jazz to get off to a nice start against the Pelicans because, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of questions with this team. There's going to be a lot of questions, I think, for Gobert. You know, Gobert's had to answer, you know, many, many questions to this point. But now with this team getting back on the court, there's going to be even more questions. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know the relationship right now between Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Is it possible? You know, yeah. On one hand, maybe it's being overplayed a little bit. This kind of beef between Gobert and Mitchell. Maybe it's being overplayed a little bit and exaggerated a little bit. But at the same time, what if it's not? You know, what if there is kind of a permanent rift between these two guys? You know, going back to, of course, Gobert and the way he handled the situation, and he, at least what we think on paper, and again, we, we really don't know this for a fact, but at least what we think on paper is that he probably gave the virus to Donovan Mitchell. And we know 
the Donovan Mitchell. Now, Donovan Mitchell, you know, bless his soul, he's done a good job of trying to downplay it, you know, in recent time. He's done a good job of trying to patch things up with Gobert and say that, you know, he's moved on, everybody's moved on, things will be okay. But at the time, we know that Donovan Mitchell was not too happy with Rudy Gobert. So is there going to be a little bit of a rift going forward between these two players? And, and these are not two bench players for Utah. These are the two guys this team goes through. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is the leader, the captain of this team. Rudy Gobert is pretty much the Robin to Donovan Mitchell. So if these two guys are not on the same page, I don't see how this team can be successful moving forward. I really don't. So that's going to be a huge question mark for this team. And it has nothing to even do with them actually playing the game of basketball. It's just an off-the-court an off topic that they have to deal with now because of what happened um, and something that they're going to have to face the rest of the season. Now, they're going to be taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, um, of course, heading into the season, high, high hopes for this team. Uh, we, you know, we didn't know before the season started that Zion was going to miss so much time. Um, but the Pelicans in large part, have been a disappointment this season. They're not a playoff team right now. It's going to take a pretty magical turn of events for them to make the playoffs. It's going to take a Memphis Grizzlies collapse down the stretch, and it's going to take New Orleans, you know, maybe going 7-1 and or 8-0 and down the stretch in order to make the playoffs. Uh, so this team has, in large part, been a disappointment, but they're not lacking talent. Of course, um, I don't know if anybody saw it, and, and, and I don't agree with it at all, and I think most people, I think most people uh, don't agree either, but of course Bleacher Report the other day put out um, a ranking of starting lineups. Now, of course, they were going by a lot of analytics, a lot of stats, a lot of analytics, a lot of, you know, net rankings and all of that, um, not, not the quote-unquote eye test. So they were going by stats and numbers, which, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not anti-stats and numbers. I, I like I like statistics. I like, you know, some of the some of the basic things. I think I think some of the basic things matter in sports. Points, you know, field goal percentage, uh, you know, plus minus on the court. You know, those sort of statistics matter to me. Uh, when you start really just going down, you know, kind of the the list, and you get kind of even more specific and more specific and more specific. Uh, that's when you kind of lose me. That's when that's when I, I don't necessarily buy into every single one of these stats and every single one of these analytics that tells me this or that. But long story short, Bleacher Report came out and ranked the starting lineups in the NBA uh, that are still currently playing, not the teams that went home. Uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans had the number one starting lineup according to Bleacher Report. And again, I don't agree with that, and I know that most fans do not. But my point is that this New Orleans team is not lacking talent. They're certainly not. When you look at uh, Brandon Ingram, when you look at Drew Holiday, when you look at uh, Zion, of course, when you look at Lonzo, when you look at De Derek Favors, this team is not lacking talent. Uh, so the Utah Jazz, look, you're playing a team night number one that's not in the playoffs and that it would take pretty much a miracle for them to get into the playoffs at this point. But you can't let your guard down against this team. You know, we're not talking about the Chicago Bulls here. We're not talking about the Hornets. This New Orleans team may not be a playoff team currently, but they are not lacking talent. Now, the one question for New Orleans right now is going to be Zion Williamson again. 
Uh, he's been a question mark for much of the year because he's missed a lot of time, but he's going to be a question mark once again because it was reported uh, a few days ago earlier in the week that Zion had left the Orlando bubble to tend to a personal family matter. Um, it was also reported that Zion's dealing with some cramping, but Zion has downplayed that recently, so I don't think that's a huge deal for him. Uh, but right now, the Pelicans are not sure exactly when Zion is going to come back. Um, he still is not back as of today. And of course, when you do leave the bubble. Now, it matters if the absence is excused or unexcused. And we, we believe that in this, uh, in this situation, that the absence for Zion Williamson is excused. So if that is the case, you do not have to quarantine for as long as you would have to for an unexcused absence. That's the way it works. So Zion still has, you know, again, we're eight days away from the start of the season. So Zion still has at least a couple more days where he can be outside the bubble and still hope to play for that opening game up against the Utah Jazz. But we don't know that for sure right now. It's, it's still up in the air. We don't know if Zion is going to be back for New Orleans. Uh, we know the New Orleans, they're going to have Brandon Ingram healthy, Lonzo healthy and ready to go, Drew Holiday ready to go, unless anything changes last minute where somebody else has to leave the bubble for some reason. Uh, but this New Orleans team, loaded with talent, just has not lived up to it this season. You know, injuries have been a part of it. Um, and I think this team just overall just has not played to their capability. Uh, I really do. I, I felt like this team, you know, going into the season, especially if you had told me, because going into the year, we would have thought, even with, even with their departures, you know, even with not having uh, Kevin Durant, we knew Klay Thompson was going to be out for the year, we would have thought Golden State was going to be a top five or six team in the West. And we also thought, Portland was going to be there too. I mean, these, those were the two teams in the Western Conference Finals last year, and neither of them, unless Portland just gets red hot here, uh, neither of them are going to make the playoffs this year. So I don't even remember. I'd have to look it up. I really don't even remember the last time that happened uh, in an NBA season. You know, somebody's going to have to look up. When was the last time the two conference finalists from the year prior, both of them, did not even make the playoffs the following year. I, I, I gotta believe that it's been a while. Gotta believe that it's been a while because that's, especially in the NBA, um, that's that's a pretty rare, that's a pretty rare situation. Um, but getting back to the Pelicans and the Utah Jazz, uh, this is a very exciting game for me on paper. Um, of course, it's not going to live up to the hype of the nightcap, which I'll get to in a, here in a few moments. But, you know, I really think I really think it's big for both sides. I do. But New Orleans being pretty much already out of the playoff picture, you know, again, unless there's a magical turn of events, whereas Utah is right in the thick of things in the Western Conference, and they're trying to stay at the top half of the Western Conference and not fall back, fall back down to the 6-7-8 seed, uh, I think this is a bigger game for the Utah Jazz. Um... And the Jazz, look, aside from the Rudy Gobert-Donovan Mitchell dynamic, they're dealing with their own challenges as well on the court. And that's going to be the fact that this team was offensively challenged in the beginning of the year. You know, this is not, when you think of the Utah Jazz, you do not think of the Utah Jazz as being one of the highest, most prolific scoring offenses in the NBA today. And that was when they had Bohan Bogdanovich on the team earlier in the year, who was averaging 20.2 points per game, 
across 63 games this year. Now, Utah is going to be without his services because of uh, right wrist surgery for Bogdanovich. So now, in addition to the fact that Utah was not a prolific scoring offensive team, nonetheless, now they're dealing with the loss of Bohan Bogdanovich. So they, they haven't played any games, uh, you know, or at least an extended period of games without Bogdanovich in the regular season. Um, Bogdanovich was pretty much playing every game for them. So now you have to make the adjustment of, okay, now we have uh, this dynamic, this relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. We don't really know how it's going to play out, at least initially. And at the same time, we have to weather the storm of not having Bogdanovich, a 20.2 per game scorer uh, during the regular year. Uh, so I, I, think, I think it's going to be a challenge for Utah. I really do. And not just, not just for this one game against New Orleans, but I think going forward the remainder of the regular season, I, I feel like this is a team for me on paper right now. I actually expect this team to slip in the standings. I really do. I think right now uh, Utah is either the three or the four seed. I believe that they could slip back to the six or the seven. Um, I think the eight seed right now is all but locked up with Memphis or unless Portland gets hot. Uh, but Memphis or Portland is going to be the eight. After that, though, Dallas is currently in the seventh spot. I could see them moving up. I could see Utah moving way down. Um, that's just how I feel about the Utah Jazz right now. I don't have a ton of confidence in this team, um, given that I don't really trust their offense right now. Um, you know, you're, you're pretty much banking right now on guys like a Joe Ingles or a, a, a George Niang. You know, guys like that, or Royce O'Neal, can they step up and be a consistent scorer from night to night? I don't really buy that they can be. You know, this team still has Mike Conley on the roster, and Mike Conley's a guy who's proven that he can be a 20-a-night scorer. But right now, as of right now, Conley, for the majority of the year, has taken a backseat to Donovan Mitchell. He has, and, and I don't know, you know, at this point in the season, especially after a long, long layoff, is he going to be able to turn it on right away, flip that switch, and become that 20-game scorer that we know he can be from his Memphis Grizzly days. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So I don't have a ton of confidence in this Utah team right now. Uh, New Orleans, they may not be a playoff team, but they have talent. And even if Zion is missing for that first game of action, this team still has enough scoring. Um, I trust I trust Brandon Ingram every night. I trust Drew Holiday. Uh, I trust Lonzo every night, and I, I, I love the development of Lonzo this season. He's playing great basketball, and he was before the shutdown. Uh, so I think in this game, I actually like the New Orleans Pelicans to win. I, I think it'll be a close competitive matchup, especially if Zion isn't there for New Orleans. Uh, but I actually think the Pelicans are going to take this opening night matchup. I think Utah has a lot of question marks right now about how this team is just going to play from a chemistry standpoint together with Mitchell and Gobert, the dynamic there, the loss of Bogdanovich. So now you have to, you're giving more minutes to, to a Joe Ingles. You're giving an increased role to a guy like George Niang coming off the bench. So I, I really don't know what to expect from this team on opening, reopening night rather. Uh, so I, I like the Pelicans in this matchup. I think New Orleans is going to take it. And I, uh, I don't believe and I don't trust the Jazz moving forward. Um, and I still have a lot of question marks about them. But that's the first matchup of the night. 
The second matchup of the night uh, will, of course, blow the first matchup out of the water, and that is the round four between the Lakers and the Clippers in the Battle of LA. And as I mentioned before, the Clippers took the first two matchups of the year between these two sides before the Lakers in their most recent meeting, right before the shutdown, uh, won that game. So right now the season series is Clippers 2, Lakers 1. But man, oh man, this is going to be a tremendous matchup uh, for opening night. I am so excited for this one. Um, you know, what is there to say other than what I've been saying all season long and what a lot of people have said all season long? This is going to be, I think, barring something very unexpected, barring some sort of significant injury uh, for the playoff run, this is going to be the Western Conference Finals, and it stinks. It really does. It stinks that they're not going to be able to play this one out at the Staples Center. Um, and, of course, you know, in this instance, you would have uh, the Clippers and the Lakers both in their home arena playing each other in the Western Conference Finals. It was going to be something you'd never seen before. It was going to be awesome. It was going to be incredible. And unfortunately, because of the virus, we will not get to see these matchups take place inside the Staples Center. Instead, of, instead it, of course, be inside the NBA's bubble down in Orlando. But nonetheless, I don't think that's going to take away from the quality of these two basketball teams. These are the two best teams in the NBA. Um, Milwaukee fans, I know Milwaukee fans will have something to say about that. You know, I, I think Toronto fans or maybe Celtics fans, Rockets fans, they'll have their arguments as well. But these are the two best teams in the NBA, um, and I, I can't wait to see this one play out. Now, the, the Clippers right now, actually both sides, both sides dealing with some uh, injury concerns or some, uh, some personal, personal concerns. Uh, the Clippers, in the past week, have actually had three players reportedly not down in the bubble in Orlando. So uh, the first was Montrez Harrell, who uh, about a week ago now, he exited the NBA bubble for a personal matter. Um, the team is not completely sure when he's going to be back. So again, like what I said about uh, Zion a few minutes ago, uh, they don't really know when he's going to be back. And if Harrell does not return in the next couple of days, he will likely have to miss opening night in that opening game against the Lakers. He still has a couple of days because, again, we believe that this is an excused absence, which is different than unexcused absence. Uh, you have to quarantine for less days. So if this is an excused absence, Montrez Harrell still has time to come back to the bubble in the next couple of days and, and play in that opening night game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but Montrez Harrell left the bubble. Then yesterday, actually late yesterday, uh, it was reported that Patrick Beverly also had to leave the Orlando bubble to tend to a personal matter of his own. And of course, now, you know, Beverly leaving the bubble only eight days away from the start of the season. I think right now, although nothing has been confirmed, nothing has been said, uh, but I do believe right now with Beverly just exiting the bubble as of yesterday, only eight days prior to the start of the season, I find it hard to believe that Beverly is going to be back uh, in time for the start of the season. You know, we never know. We'll see. Of course, we'll be waiting on more news to come out in the next few days to find out if Beverly will be able to play or not. But being that he just exited the bubble as of last night, I do find it somewhat hard to believe that he will be back in time for the start of the season against the LA Lakers. So Beverly 
Harold, both out of the bubble, and then Ivica Zubak. Clippers don't know where he is. Uh, so it was reported uh, actually about a week and a half ago that Zubak was set to join the team down in Orlando uh, very soon, but to this day, Zubak is still not being seen at practices for the Clippers. Uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty if he's actually there or not. Nobody really knows exactly where Zubak is at this time, uh, which sounds crazy to think that nobody would know exactly where he is, but people are a little bit unsure if Zubak is actually down in the bubble with the team, if he might be in quarantine right now, um, if he has yet to join the team at all. So we don't really know the status of Zubak currently. So it's very possible if Harrell is not able to play due to the family matter that he's attending to, if Zubak is not able to play uh, for any reason, then it's very possible that the Clippers could actually rely heavily on the newly signed Joe Kim Noah, uh, who they recently brought in during the shutdown. Uh, and he could be expected to play, I don't know, what, 25, 30, 35 minutes even in that opening game against the Clipper, uh, against the Lakers, rather. If Harrell's not there, if Zubak's not there, who else do they really have who could play center? So Joe Kim Noah could actually be relied upon heavily in the opening game against the Lakers if Harrell and or Zubak are not able to play in that one. Now the Lakers are also dealing with some concerns of their own. Avery Bradley is going to miss uh, the remainder of the season. He's going to be sitting out. And then Rajon Rondo, he will be missing the remainder of the season with a right thumb injury that he sustained in practice for the Lakers. Uh, he had surgery on it. Surgery was successful, so he's on the road to recovery. But he is going to remiss uh, at least the remainder of the regular season and a good run of the playoffs. It's possible that he could still be back. You know, of course, the Lakers are in the NBA Finals, uh, which I, I think they will be. Uh, it's very possible that Rajon Rondo could be back in time for that. But he's going to miss at least the remainder of the regular season and a bulk of the Lakers' playoff run. So, uh, Lakers will be dealing with the losses of Bradley and Rajon Rondo. So, you know, both these teams have a couple of question marks as we prepare for, uh, for the restart down in Orlando. Uh, but nonetheless, these are the two top teams in the West right now. They have been all season long. Uh, I said, you know, on my podcast several times throughout the season, I believe that these two teams are on a collision course to meet each other in the Western Conference Finals in what should be a hell of a series. Not even a heck of a series, but a hell of a series. Um, and it is a shame that it won't take place in L.A. at the Staples Center with thousands upon thousands of fans. Um, and of course, instead, it'll be in an empty arena in all likelihood uh, with social distancing on the benches in Orlando. And you're not going to have the energy that you would expect to have. But we've got basketball. Uh, we've got two great teams in this case. And I think at the end of the day, that's what fans want to see. That's what fans are excited about. So, it, it, you know, of course, this pandemic, you, you kind of have to, uh, you, have to take, you have to take the wins that you can get, I, I think is the best way to describe it. You have to take the victories that you're able to get. And I think right now we've got basketball. Basketball is back. Uh, a week from tomorrow, we're going to have lots of incredible matchups. Actually, if you look at the slate, if you look at the slate of games coming up, you know, because of the fact that the NBA only took 22 teams 
and you know eight teams are going to be left at home. Uh, of course, most of them being from the East, but that's beside the point. Uh, but with with the NBA only taking 22 teams, you're going to be seeing a lot of quality, high quality matchups. Because right now, the only teams down in Orlando who you kind of say to yourself, I don't know, do they do they really deserve to be there? Are maybe like the Suns and the Kings, you know, maybe the Spurs, but. Again, teams like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, teams like the Pelicans, they're not a playoff team, but they've got loads of talent. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, not currently a playoff team. They got loads of talent. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they've got Yusuf Nurkic coming back as well. So, you know, these teams that aren't even in the playoff picture currently still have a ton a ton of talent and still have a very high watchability factor to them. So, you know, you're going to be seeing a ton of quality matchups the remainder of the regular season, these last eight games of the regular season. And of course, once it's playoff time, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so entertaining. And even though you're not going to have the atmosphere within the actual court, within the actual stadium that you would normally have, um, it's still going to be an absolute treat, a pleasure. And I'm so glad that it's back. But, you know, uh, getting back to the Lakers and the Clippers matchup for opening night, um, Again, I think this is a game that really could go either way, kind of like the Utah-New Orleans matchup. I think this matchup could go either way as well. Now, a lot of it's going to depend on who the Clippers actually have at their disposal for this game. You know, is Patrick Beverly going to be back in time to play? What about Harrell? What about Zubak? Are all three of these guys going to miss? Um, are all three going to play? Now, the, the great thing about the LA Clippers, if you're a Clippers fan, uh, the great thing about your team is that y- this is the team that can deal with three or four absences and still be deep enough to handle it, uh, still have enough talent on the team to weather that storm, and uh, it, it, won't, it won't impact the Clippers as much as it would almost any other team. Uh, because almost any other team, you lose three guys in this case, Beverly, Zubak, and Harrell, three guys who are key contributors on your team. You lose three of them, uh, any other NBA team is going to be in a world of hurt. Uh, But with the LA Clippers, they have the luxury, just because of how deep their roster is, they have the luxury of being able to, you know, turn to guys in, in a moment like this, being able to turn to guys like a Marcus Morris, being able to turn to guys like a Lou Williams or a Reggie Jackson and say, okay, time to step up, time to step up and, and, and get to work. Uh, so other teams don't have that luxury, but the Clippers fortunately do. So it's going to depend in, in, in this matchup, it will depend on who is actually available for the Clippers on July 30th. Uh, but in terms of prediction, I like the Lakers in this one, no matter who is playing for the LA Clippers. Uh, I like the Lakers in this one for the sole fact that I think this is going to be a monster LeBron James night. And I know that LeBron's had several of those nights throughout not only the season, but he's had he's had hundreds of those nights throughout his NBA career. But I just can't I just can't picture a scenario in my mind where LeBron does not absolutely tear the court up against the Clippers on opening night of the restart. Um, and that's because this you're talking about LeBron James here coming off a four-month layoff in a season where he knows the NBA title is in sight. He knows the NBA title is in sight. He knows he's got the team to make it happen. 
and I believe that LeBron is licking his chops to get back on the court. Uh, so I think this is a game, and look, I don't, I don't want to embellish, I don't want to exaggerate too much, but I truly feel that this is a game for LeBron James uh, against the Clippers on the, you know, everybody's going to be watching this game. We know that everybody's going to be watching the Utah-New Orleans game because that's the first game back for the NBA in over four months. But this is the first playoff game where you know this one really, really matters. Uh, so everybody's going to have their eyes on this game, just not, you know, in the stadium, but everybody at home is going to have their eyes on this game. This is prime time against the one team in the West Rockets, you know, I don't know. I'll talk about the Rockets at a later point. But this is the one team in the West who LeBron knows could potentially beat him in his path to the NBA Finals. So I think LeBron, this is an, a huge night for him. I think he comes out 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. I, I think this is a triple-double night for LeBron where he goes crazy um, he lights it up in every capacity on the scoreboard, um, and I do believe that regardless of who the Clippers actually have for this game, Harold, Zubak, Beverly, if they play or not, any combination of them playing or not, uh, I do believe the Lakers are going to take this game. Um, and I'm sticking with my prediction that I had way back when, in September-October, that the Lakers would make the would make the NBA Finals and, and win the title, in fact. And right now, the Clippers took the first two matchups of the year. Going back to the, the first opening night back in October, uh, the Clippers took that one against the Lakers, uh, took the first two matchups, but the Lakers won the most recent one right before the shutdown. And I think we're going to see a continuation of that in this matchup. I like the Lakers in this one. I think Anthony Davis will have a, a big game as well. But I do, I do feel strongly that this is going to be a monster mega performance for LeBron James. Uh, again, 30 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. I really think it's that type of triple-double triple type of night for LeBron. Um, and I think this is the, a game where the Lakers don't blow the doors off of the Clippers. I don't believe that. However, if the Clippers are missing those three players, I do think this is the game where the Lakers could win by double digits. I really do. Now, if everybody plays for the Clippers, Beverly, Zubak, and Harrell, if they all play, um, I think it'll be a closer matchup than that. But if none of them were to play, I, I do feel that this is a game where LeBron makes a statement and the Lakers win this game by 10-plus points. Uh, so for opening night, I've got the Pelicans. Uh, with or without Zion, I just don't trust the Jazz right now. Too many question marks. Um, I got to see how how they look without Bogdanovich. I think that's a big loss. Um, even though he's not the caliber of player that Donovan Mitchell is, he is a 20-point-per-game scorer. So I got to see what they look like without him on the court. So I like, you know, I trust Ingram, Holiday, Lonzo, even if Zion's not there. So I like the Pelicans in the first game. And then in the nightcap, that second game, the Battle of LA, I do like the Lakers with an absolute monster of a game from LeBron James. So that's what we got coming up for opening night. Then on Friday, we have a bigger slate of games. I think it's about five or six games. Uh, other other exciting matchups on Friday. Um, I won't go into them right now on this podcast, but you've got the Rockets and the Mavs. Uh, you've got the Celtics and the Bucks. So that could be an Eastern Conference finals preview. Uh, so a lot of quality matchups coming down the pipe for the NBA. Again, as I mentioned earlier, 
because you're eliminating eight teams from the league right now, you're basically kind of, uh, in, in a way, you're basically kind of downsizing the league, you know, you're, because you're, you're taking away eight teams that were not in the picture and not in the playoff picture and that were kind of, uh, kind of a waste of a matchup at this point in the year. Uh, you're eliminating those eight teams, so now you're going to be seeing a lot of high-quality games, a lot of high-quality contests the rest of the way, and that's exactly how it should be. That's exactly how it should be. I'm looking forward to it very much. The playoffs will be right around the corner as well, so that's what we got for opening night. Give me the Pelicans and give me the Los Angeles Lakers to begin the restart at 1-0. So that's going to do it for me today. The next time uh, I do a podcast... I will be recapping opening night in the NBA. So look for the next podcast about a week from now. I will be recapping opening night, reopening night, whatever you want to call it, in the NBA. But that's going to do it for me today on the podcast. So take it easy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Eight days away. Eight days away from the restart of the NBA season. I cannot wait. I'll see you next time. Take care, and so long for today.